0: Welcome to the Electric International series, Think Like a Leader. We all enjoy hearing another person's success story, and we hope our conversations with leaders from across the electrical construction industry will help spark your interest and creativity in finding ways you can think like a leader. Greetings and welcome back to our audience. We are so delighted that you're joining us. Today's interview is going to be very interesting. We're here with Joe House. Joe is with the global account side of Wesco, and his official title is Vice President Sales. But he's going to tell us a lot more about what that means and what that means when he's working with the electrical contracting world. So, Joe, thank you so much for joining us. And Greetings. Let me start with one quick question about the company to help frame it. Wesco Annexer, it's a major global presence. Everybody knows that. We all understand that. Your own materials describe the company as having 1.5 million products. That's like having 1.5 million pieces of Lego sitting on the floor. And you also talk about $2 billion in inventory and 30,000 manufacturing partners. So when you think about the strategy that you need to meet customer demands and provide quality products and services, where does electrical construction fit into that
1: equation? Well, first off, Carolyn, thank you very much for having me. It's an honor to have the chance to speak with you this morning and uh, look forward to hopefully put something together that can add a lot of clarity to uh, the complex supply chain environment we're all uh, working through and show how Wesco is seeking to navigate that. So as you mentioned, Wesco is a big business with a lot of products, locations, vendors, and services. What's interesting about our organization is since joining forces with Annexter, to create the new Wesco in June of 2020. We've really built our entire organization around a series of segments. These segments help us get very focused and deliver maximum value to each of our customers. So if you look at the company from the top down, we start first with three business units. The first is our communications and security business. The next is our utility and broadband solutions business. And the third, where I work, is our electrical and electronic solutions business. Those three business units set up the broad framework for the company, which is already starting to get specialized. But even more excitingly, inside the EES business overall, we break it up further into four primary customer types. The first is our industrial end-user business, where we're selling MRO, electrical, and a wide variety of product and services to owners and user facilities, primarily for small projects and maintenance, along with the contractors that support. The second is our OEM business, where we sell to any manufacturer making a finished good for sale. And the third, of course, most relevant for this discussion, is our construction business. That's where I work, and in our construction business business, we're really entirely focused on adding value beyond just the cost of the product to specifically electrical contractors operating in a very wide array of markets. Now, the final thing i mentioned, as I mentioned, there are four key divisions, is we take those three segments in EES and we carve out a subset of large customers. Generally, you can think of it as you know, our global accounts team. And we put some of the largest electrical contractors and EPCs inside the global accounts construction segment, which is officially where my responsibility is inside Westco.
0: When I looked at your company's materials, you talk about the smart grid growing to $86.6 billion by the end of 2024. Obviously, that's less than two years coming up. Is there a single factor that you see driving that growth, or is it a combination of power demands and technology and data-driven decisions that contractors now have to make?
1: Yeah, great question, Carolyn, and certainly a popular part of our business. That falls in that utility segment with a lot of bleed over into all the contractor segments. So to answer your question directly, the answer is really, it's all of the above. Increasing power demands, you know, there's tons of new housing starts or hookups, as we would generally call it in the utility business. Lots of increased power demands due to work from home, the broad electrification of the grid, and everything in between. And of course, alongside or on top of all of that, you have the technology that underpins just how we get both power and data out to all of those homes, businesses, or everything else. So I think, you know, in summary, really, we have a huge investment happening at the macro level into the grid that touches those three things really to prepare something that was historically used for primarily power to something that's power, data and everything else that needs to come into consumer houses today. Do
0: do you take a lot of time to educate your electrical construction partners, customers, whatever you wanna call them, so that they are as fully in tune with things that are happening in terms of smart grid and everything else. It might not be something that they do every day, but they clearly have to know it and understand it in order to build the right type of electrical components for any project.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great question, and I, I'd actually answer it by saying the best tool we have to educate our electrical contractors on what's happening in the smart grid or the utility industry overall actually starts first with internal education. So I no, mentioned time. earlier at the onset that we segment our company by divisions, but what we've done is set up really strong and established ties of communication between our utility group and our electrical construction group. So that we can cross-pollinate, if you will, information of what it takes to be successful selling to an electrical contractor into the utility team and, of course, vice versa. So that the way I'd actually answer it, Carolyn, is I think so much of the education that we do internally, as well as more recently externally, is just highlighting how do utilities think, why are utilities you know, themselves the key decision makers for these things happening on the grid, And of course, diving into some more of the details around things like the attachment rate, which generally talks about how do you take things like 5G antennas or fiber optic cables or otherwise and put it inside that grid infrastructure.
0: When you think about your own role as vice president of sales for Wesco, what are some of the key steps that you have to take to ensure that your strategy is coordinated at every phase of a project? It isn't just making the sale. It's all the way through to turning it on.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I'd, I'd actually answer it in a similar fashion to how I started our last question around educating customers is when we talk about adding value or executing a project and all the coordination that happens so often I find myself and our entire team having to constantly remind and coach ourselves that coordination doesn't start with the superintendent. When you start shipping product to the job site, instead it starts weeks or oftentimes even months before With strong internal coordination to make sure that all the functional groups inside our own company, like financial services, inventory, operations, the sales and project management team, et cetera, are all singing off the same sheet of music and know fundamentally what we're trying to accomplish. Just to to play it out, Carolyn, as it may help, next... Once we get through that internal coordination, and oftentimes this is all happening simultaneously, we, of course, have to reach into what makes our business exist, and that's the vendors or the product manufacturers, and make sure each and every one of the vendors who were participating on a project also understand the clearly defined scope. Following that, of course, is where the most important part for our most important stakeholder happens, and that's our customer coordination, so, my answer I know I kind of came a long way around at it is the best customer coordination we do is where we take all of the power, strength, scale, and oftentimes complexity of working through an organization as big as Wesco and focus all of that right on the customer specific need and communicate clearly so that they know who is doing what.
0: Is there any part of your services provided that are, is there one that you would say, this is the most important thing we do? Is it supply chain? Is it inventory? Is it transportation or warehousing? Is there one that everything would come to a complete stop or are they all equally important in serving your customer base?
1: Uh, it's a great question. The way I would answer it probably won't be too surprising is our company is really built on our customers. So the most important role inside the overall organization, and something I believe is the responsibility of every single person who works for the company, is selling and servicing that customer. So that is our most important, and we make sure each and every person who works here is singularly focused on doing that. Having said that, I think probably the most visible portion of our business in terms of what our customers see every day are the products that we have in inventory ready and available for distribution to each and every one of the projects that we serve.
0: Well, let's talk about that ready and available for a minute. You can't turn on the news without hearing day after day about how difficult it is to get parts or things that are sitting out on freighters that simply can't get into port to get unloaded. How do you think like a leader in terms of making sure that you're providing most up-to-date information and best access for your customers to those products that they need.
1: Yeah, it's it. You've picked a very popular question, of course. At uh, this point in time, as we sit in you know early April, 2022. So, what I typically say, Carolyn, and I almost start every day, or at sometimes it feels like every meeting, with this: it's bad news does not get better with time. So what we've had to find is one of the most challenging, admittedly, the most important parts of navigating the supply chain well is to get timely and accurate information distributed to our customers so that all of you as contractors can make decisions off of it as soon as we have it, even if it is bad news. Now, more importantly than that, you know, delivering the news is a part of the job. But really what becomes more important is if you think about how our business is set up. You know, we've got a big funnel at the top of suppliers and of course, a big funnel at the bottom of customers. We've got a lot of different combinations of things through those funnels that can work to either improve lead time by reordering the distribution of things, bringing in some of our technology support staff in order to recommend alternate products, or oftentimes it's quite simply just working across the full bill of material required on a job to help assist in sequencing material to best fit the work that's happening. So I think what I'd say in closing on this and not to make light of the situation is there is no project we're doing today. That's easy. Every project we're on is navigating some form of material constraints, but what we find is our single biggest power to navigate that is really just strong communication and making sure that all parties again, internally with our vendors and most importantly with our customers, have the right information as soon as it's available so they can make the right decisions on the fly.
0: Now, Wesco is a member of the Electric Council of Electric International, and you all have the opportunity to participate in all of the foundation's different research and education initiatives. How does this involvement fit into your company's commitment to corporate responsibility. Do you see involvement with an industry research and education foundation as being part of your responsibility?
1: Absolutely, we do. So first, I'd like to again thank you, Josh, and the entire Electri staff for having us as a part of Electri. It's a great honor for me and for the broader West Coast team to participate and support what Electri does. Now, answering your question directly, Carolyn, what I what I typically say, and I find myself saying this to almost everybody at each electric meeting I've had the chance to attend, is our number one job at Electric is to be a good student of the electrical contracting industry. It's critically important for us to understand the challenges and the opportunities that each and every one of our contractors are navigating every day so that we can take all the value we bring to the market and apply it very specifically to solve those challenges. So what I take home and what I wear as you know a heavy responsibility for us is while we're not an electrical contracting firm, we're an electrical distributors, we have to think like an electrical contractor so that we can bring as much value as possible to each and every one of our customers. And that's a responsibility that really is made possible only through the participation in an organization like Electric.
0: What would you tell me is the most important strength that you and your colleagues bring to the table at Electric? Yes, you're a student, yes, you're there to learn, but you also bring something pretty valuable. So don't be shy. Tell me what it <laughs> is.
1: Yeah, so I, it's a, appreciate the question, Carolyn and you know certainly we are focused on bringing value to every conversation we have. The way I'd answer this is actually pretty simple. It's materials are a big, and by most by most people I've talked to, a increasingly large portion of any job that are undergoing a huge amount of volatility in lead time, price, and everything else around it. So oftentimes where I find most of our value comes is simply communicating about what are we seeing that's out there and hopefully communicating it far enough in advance that we can pull that material planning forward to help maintain a project schedule.
0: Now that you've had the opportunity to interact fairly frequently with the electric council, all of its members, you would say to me, you know, Carolyn, over the next couple of years, I think it's going to be really important for electric to be paying attention to, to what, what do you want them to focus on more of?
1: So I I think Kind of along the lines of how I answered the prior question, Carolyn, is one of the most requested things that we get from electric members and other contractors in the community is, hey, what are the trends in that material supply business? Okay. So one of the things that we've had a few conversations about and are really passionate about keeping going is how do we create and distribute, let's call it a newsletter for lack of better terms that shows key indicators in the material supply industry that help all of our contractors see one step ahead to understand, hey, today, the shortage may be breakers, but tomorrow, what is it? And what can we do to plan around it? I would say that the research we find most exciting and something I think could really benefit the industry is just that, helping our contractors be a good student of everything that goes into the supply chain for material that's, of course, required to build a job.
0: Because of its nature and the way it is set up, uh, clearly, Electri works with more than one contractor, more than one distributor, more than one of everything. So do you see this type of newsletter, as you call it, being something that your company, without giving away trade secrets, would be willing to share and work on with the entire Electric Council community?
1: I, I do, absolutely. I think, Carolyn, the way I would answer it best is it's something that we're really already trying to do in almost every conversation we've had either at electric events or in a part of any of the uh, council rooms or focus groups we've been a part of that's the key value we're trying to bring is what is that insight we have to the supply chain and how do we help communicate that to all that are involved so we'd love the chance to further participate in that
0: how large a group of colleagues and employees do you lead within your company? What's, what's your portfolio?
1: Yeah, so if you think about how our organization is structured, we've got, of course, those business units, electrical, mm-hmm. communication, and utility to the top. Then inside that electrical business, we've got some sub-segments by customer type. I mentioned earlier, I've got responsibility for the global account segment. So really what that looks like is it's a handful of large electrical contractors as well as EPCs. And I've got, I'm very fortunate to lead a team of directors, global account managers, and then project managers who pursue, execute, and of course, provide all the relevant documentation across projects that those electrical contractors or EPCs execute. But more importantly than that, Really, what my job becomes is for the thousands of people we have in the field every day focused on electrical contractors, it's sharing what is happening in the industry and how do we best be a student and apply our value proposition to that.
0: Now, you've been in this industry for quite a while. And as you think about your own career and how you develop leadership, what was the one most important piece of advice that you ever received that really helped you think about and drive the way you approach
1: being a leader? So if you don't mind, Carolyn, I'll actually give you two because they're sure. both mostly related. So the first one is very tactical and it's something I use as the foundation is almost everything that I do. And it was told to me by my first manager at Annixter when I joined. And it's we have to do three things very well. Number one is wake up, two is follow or is show up, three is follow-up. While that is, you know, almost an idiom of sorts, and it's very basic. The reality is it reinforces as a distributor, we are in a tactical business. And oftentimes the most valuable thing we do is share information and we are only gonna get that if we are there on time, very visible and very proactive with our customers. Now, building on that one step further as we get into leadership, one of the other things that was told to me many years ago that stuck with me is each and every one of us as leaders has the responsibility to rehire our entire team every day. You know, it is our number one priority to put the best players on the field And not only just on the field, but in the right spots. So what we talk about a lot internally is to have the right people in the right roles. And in the event that that does not happen, we have to look internally first and say, where can we put this talented person to get them into the right role? So it both works well for the organization, but just as importantly, if not more, it works well for them, for the person to help them contribute to the spot they're best made to do.
0: When you think about the audience that will watch or listen to this interview, is there anything specific that you and I haven't touched on that you want to make sure a point that you'd like to get across to them today?
1: Yeah, so what I'd share for that, Carolyn, is actually something that I learn each and every day as I interact with electrical contractors. And that's some another simple phrase I keep with me all the time. That's action eliminates doubt. So in a company as big as ours or an industry as big as electrical contracting, it's very easy to spend huge amounts of time analyzing and digging very deep into every possible outcome. But the reality is, if you spend all your time studying, by the time you know enough to be confident what the outcome is, the outcome will no longer be possible because time will have passed you by. What's a much better approach is to simply get started and make the adjustments that you need along the way. This is something that I think by far and away, I see electrical contractors excel at each and every day. And it's something that I'm always talking about internally in order to help us as an electrical distributor take that same posture, lean forward into action, and make things happen.
0: Well, Joe, we really appreciate your time this morning and I've learned several new things. I think one of the most important is your final comment that moving from planning and thinking about and writing about into the action mode. That's where the answers are going to be. So whether you're building a building or having an interview with a great guy like you, we really do appreciate your insight and your time. And to our audience, thank you again for joining us. You can find all of our Think Like a Leader videos and podcasts and discussions and print articles, all of it's on the Electric website. So thank you again. We look forward to talking with you soon. Bye bye for now.